This is Journal Talk, episode 18. You're listening to Journal Talk, a podcast for sharing tips, inspiration, and expert interviews about therapeutic journaling. We take this moment to say thank you for tuning in. And now, back to your host, Nathan Oren. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Journal Talk. I'm going to do something kind of special this week. I want to talk about journaling and New Year's resolutions. That's right, New Year's resolutions. You might be asking, but why, Nathan? Why would you be talking about New Year's here in the end of October? Well, before you get thinking that I'm totally crazy, I know there's a lot of people that get cynical and resigned about New Year's resolutions. I know there's still a lot of people out there who say, I don't do New Year's resolutions. And I really think that's mostly because people don't usually experience the success or the consistent success. But if people had the tools to make their New Year's resolutions successful, and if they could see their lives growing and expanding through the use of journal writing and New Year's resolutions, and the difference that they could make in any area of their lives, I think people would love New Year's resolutions. So there's two main reasons to talk about New Year's resolutions right now, right here in the beginning of November. First of all, because this is the time to do it. I mean, of all the time in the year, the time to be choosing your New Year's resolutions is now before it's too late. November and December are the best months while your resolve is strong and there's still time to put a plan in place by January 1st. You know, there's a huge difference between a New Year's wish and a New Year's resolution. A New Year's wish is just like that, like you just make it up in the moment and it fades as soon as the next thing happens. A New Year's resolution is something you put your resolve behind, something you've made a plan. The reason that so many people fail at their New Year's resolutions isn't because they don't come up with some great stuff. It's not because it's not inspiring, but usually it's there's no plan to support it. Or if they have a plan, they don't start taking immediate and consistent actions. And as soon as their enthusiasm fades away, they have no system to help them carry through to the next level. So by the end of the year, or by March, they're not able to look back and see their progress and personal growth. I want to tell you a quick story. I've never had a problem with my weight until about my mid-30s. I just don't understand what it is that changed with my body. You know, in my 20s, I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. And then somewhere along the way, there must have been a holy war or a political revolution somewhere in my body, okay? While the apathetic masses of my cells and tissues weren't paying attention, some stray hormone in my body got elected president in charge of metabolism and, <laughs> and started making up a do-not-eat list. And before I knew it, I had to start cutting out pizza and ice cream and cookies and hamburgers, <laughs> a lot of foods that I really loved. It just, it's just not fair. Can anyone relate to that? 
I, I'm just under six foot, about 5'11", and I weigh about 220 pounds. I'm not disabled by any means, but, you know, I've been pushing to lose 15 or 20 pounds for quite a while now, and one thing that has helped me is having a system. You see, my dad, he's had the same problem as me. He enjoys food, and he's lived with this problem longer than I have, and he's developed a system that really works. And he sets a goal every year. He shares it with as many people as he can, friends and family members, and he checks in with himself every month on how he's doing with that goal. And, you know, he's figured out over the years which foods help him and which foods hurt. And he's been so successful at managing his weight. And because he's always sharing the goal with other people, he's sort of recruited me and my sisters, some in-laws and family friends on this plan too. So now it's like we have our own support network, you know, like a family edition of the Biggest Loser contest every year. And this has been going on for the past four or five years. And now, thanks to my dad, we're even doing, you know, we get prizes involved and we celebrate each other and we have, you know, a very encouraging and supportive team spirit in my family. And you know what? We all succeed. Even if we don't always hit our target every year, one thing that we always say at the end of the year is so true. At least we've improved. We've been working at it regularly. We've maintaining our motivation. And that just ensures that at least we wouldn't gain like we would if we were just on automatic pilot mode, like most people are throughout the year. You know, if we would have set a New Year's resolution and just forgotten about it all by ourselves, we would have just, you know, gone to the familiar sad story and gotten cynical and resigned. And eventually people stopped making those kinds of goals. So you might be asking, what does this have to do with journaling? This is journal talk, right? (laughs) Well, people who stay enthusiastic about their goals tend to keep them, you know? Any healthy practice, whether it's spiritual or physical, it's supported by creating a cycle, a rhythm to it, you know, from brushing your teeth to paying your bills to writing in your journal. Being able to look back through the pages of what you've written at the end of the year to see your personal growth that you've accomplished, it is such an inspiration. And so I've specifically designed the content of this episode to address some simple ways to get prepared for 2014 so that your success with New Year's resolutions can come easier. I have some tools to offer you that will keep you going all year round. At the bottom of my heart, I really want to offer everyone what it is that my senior year high school teacher gave to me. I had an English teacher in high school, and she gave us this assignment at the end of the year. Uh, it was to write to ourselves a letter, and we, it, the letter was called a year in review letter. And it sounded kind of corny at first, but she gave us some specific tips and prompts, and I was able to scratch out a letter to myself that was, no kidding, about 20 pages long. It it took me a period of, you know, a couple of weeks. But let me tell you, it felt so good to start off the year really feeling like I had truly made a fresh start for myself. In that letter, I faced everything. I faced my disappointments. I reconciled with my regrets, things that I 
didn't do that I had wanted to do or did that I didn't want to do. Uh, I celebrated accomplishments. And I, I really took a, such a great feeling to start out the year strong. And from there on, my journal writing took off to a whole new level. So I want to use this episode to share with you some things that I've learned and offer you what I can to really get the most out of your journal writing for the next year so that you can experience that burst of refreshment and renewal. This is kind of funny. You know, can we just start by taking a look at what happens leading into January 1st every year? Tell me if you relate to this. As the year is winding down, there's so much going on, right? There's a lot of running around and planning parties and finishing projects at work before the natural deadline of December 31st. It's so easy just to say, you know, next year I'm going to get more organized. I'm going to have more time, right? Maybe some excitement as the holiday plans are getting made and there's gift shopping and food shopping and you know in a lot of parts of the world the days are getting shorter and yet there's so much more shopping to do and last minute shopping and sometimes we spend more than we want and it's so easy to say you know next year i'm really gonna save some money i really need to really need to buckle down and start saving more and then another thing that happens we usually you know, school lets out for a week or two and families use this time off to go on vacation and you spend more money and there's a lot of hustle and bustle and getting ready and going do, going places and doing things and picking up and dropping off and going and doing and rushing and going. <sighs> and people just say, you know, next year, I'm going to take some more time for myself. I'm just going to simplify my life next year. I, I, I need some more quiet time. I... I need some more spiritual time. I want to I want to learn yoga. I'm going to take a meditation class. And then then there's the parties at work and the parties with friends and family gatherings and what's there at all the parties? Cookies and cake and turkey and stuffing and alcohol and you know, it's like Thanksgiving came back <laughs> like an uninvited guest to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> And we eat way more than we want to. And we say, oh boy, you know, next year I really need to lose some weight. You know, next year I'm going to join a gym and, and really do something about this. And then on December 31st, everyone seems so focused on that one night, that one hour when people are filled with anticipation and hope and excitement and everybody's got wishes for each other and the clock strikes 12 and, you know, it's January 1st. And the next thing you know, you're recovering from the party from the night before. And if you're anything like me, you know, if you have the day off of work and you get busy catching up with things and, oh, it's nice to take a little break and you start a new project, maybe you clean out the closet or you start organizing the garage and you say, you know, this year I'm going to finish all these projects. <laughs> and then, you know, before you know it, you're back in the office or whatever your routine is. And it's just a matter of hours and everything goes back to status quo. And the whole idea of a new year seems like a ripoff like false advertising. It's like there's nothing really changed except maybe the last digit on the date. So all in all, 
people rarely set themselves up with a plan. You know, the key is that people rarely think things through. Like, they don't really think about the obstacles that they're going to face, the status quo that's going to come back. They're filled with inspiration and ideas about what to change, but, you know, you could blame it on being lazy or blame it on the lack of motivation, but I don't really think those are the culprits. I don't think people are generally lazy or that they have lack of motivation. I think people would be more than happy to keep going if they had a process for planning their success and keeping those goals alive. I know that the same process that keeps those goals alive is the same process of journaling. I know it. And so do all the other journaling experts out there. You know, the real question is, what keeps people staying on their path? What keeps people motivated to stay on that path of journaling? And in just a minute, I'm going to share three traits that I have found that journal writers possess that keep them motivated, keep them consistent in their writing, and help them to reach really a deeper level of fulfillment, of enlightenment, of self-understanding. You're listening to Journal Talk with your host, Nathan Oren. Journal Talk is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you resources, information, and inspiration about all things journaling. And now, back to Journal Talk. Welcome back to Journal Talk. I'm your host, Nathan Oren, and this might sound very goofy, but this episode is about New Year's resolutions. (laughs) And the most asked question that I get from people about journal writing, how do I stick with it? People are sometimes really good at starting something, but they don't know how to stay started. So earlier in the year, I wrote an article on my blog called Restarting the Habit. It's been one of the most popular posts on my website because it calls out some real simple and concrete steps for getting back into the habit of journaling. And I'll never forget, it was during an interview with Don Herring on Journal Chat when I realized that this one article contained a process that could help so many people, not just for getting started, but for staying started. And since then, I've designed a talk called The Journal Writer's Guide to Staying Started. It's very soon will be available on my website. You could choose either an audio download or an ebook. So here today, I wanted to give you a sneak peek on this podcast by sharing just a few of those things from that Journal Writer's Guide to Staying Started to share that with you right now. Three traits that I have found that journal writers, really, it's anyone in the arts. It doesn't have to be journal writing per se, but Three traits that journal writers possess that keep them motivated, keep them consistent in their writing, and so they can really reach that deeper level of growth in their lives. Write these down and see if you agree. Number one, people who stay motivated and keep consistent in their journaling know the importance of investing in themselves. They know that their lives matter and that their knowledge is valuable, and they look for ways to nurture themselves and grow what they need to. And, you know, there's there's three different ways, really, to invest in yourself, time, money, and energy. 
And the most successful artists, caregivers, musicians, actors, writers, poets, they all know the importance of investing time, energy, and money in yourself. Julia Cameron really popularized this notion in her book, The Artist's Way, and she coined the phrase, the artist date. And it was all about taking some time out on a weekly basis to really focus time, energy, and even some money on yourself. And every journaling coach I've ever talked to has learned this concept of the artist date, and they remember Julia Cameron and the artist's way, the workbook. They all agree it comes very highly recommended. It's kind of like higher education. Journaling is a practice of soul-searching and discovery and self-knowledge. And just the same way that you would invest in yourself for getting educated, journal writers know the value of earning a PhD in themselves. There's a fundamental belief that who they are in their essence is a powerful, creative, loving vessel of good for the world. Don't you feel that about yourself? And the very best thing that you can do for yourself and for the world is to help grow that vessel and make it the best that it could be. So number one, consistent journal writers invest in themselves. Number two, motivated journal writers who maintain their enthusiasm, they know that the best day to write about is today. They focus on today. There's a famous quote, maybe you've heard it. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift, and that's why it's called the present. And I recently heard another rephrasing of that by Kay Lyons, another quote, is yesterday is a canceled check, tomorrow is a promissory note, and today is the only cash you have, so spend it wisely. (laughs) Journaling is a tool, and if nothing else, it helps you get present to what's true right now. If you keep coming back to your journal to be right where you are right now and check in with who you are right now, you'll be amazed how much you'll be looking forward to writing again the next day and the next day and the next day. Journal writers focus on today. You can't write about tomorrow. (laughs) They focus on today. Lastly, writers who maintain their enthusiasm for their craft know that they can learn something from every experience. Have you ever heard this quote? Maybe this one sounds familiar. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. You know, one thing I teach in my journaling workshop is how journaling is mostly about noticing. Every moment, every situation, every day is filled with lessons if we would just learn to find them. One proof that I had for this is an exercise that we do on our journaling workshop calls. And I'll ask the group, you know, what lesson did they learn for the day today? And every once in a while, someone in the group, some some downer Donna, <laughs> starts off by saying, oh, I didn't have anything happen today. Nothing good happened. And I say, nothing? Really? No? Downer Donna says, no, I had a profoundly mundane or boring day. Today just was nothing, you know? And so I start to ask Donna a few questions, and I get her talking about one specific event, one especially boring time of the day. Please share, you know? And Donna will defend herself, and 
and she'll start to share how you know she didn't get anything done and nobody helped them out on a problem they were having and you know that maybe they had to stand in line for hours to to make a purchase and so after she's done explaining that i turn to everyone else in the group and i say hey what do you think donna's lesson could be what what could donna learn from this if she really wanted to and we each take turns and we have so much fun making up lessons you know and we finally we get to a place where we get we get downer Donna is finally laughing and she admits, okay, okay, I see. I, I, I could take a lot of lessons from this if I wanted to. The point is, well, let me do this. I want to read for you a journal entry from my mom. Yes, my mom. <laughs> my mom took my passion, clarity, and purpose journaling course last year. I'm going to be offering it in January. And she really enjoyed it. She wrote pages and pages of the most beautiful stuff, and I didn't find out about it during any of the journaling calls that we had. I didn't learn about it during the whole six weeks of the course. She didn't share her stuff with me. She didn't read it to anyone in the group during the whole workshop. She was sort of like sitting in the back row <laughs> on the calls, a little bit quiet, and I only just recently found out about this. I came over to my mom's house for a visit recently and we were reminiscing about things and before you knew it she pulled out her journal and she was reading some of the random entries and she read this and it was one of the most beautiful stories i had ever heard today i was not at the top of my game i chose to just lay low and get some rest that i obviously needed I shut the door to my mind and turned out most of all the lights and I did only a minimum of chores. But I did manage to unclog the vacuum cleaner with the help of my sister. One of the downsides of living in an all-female house is that we have to figure things out. And it's not always easy, especially since we are not too mechanically inclined. I mustered all I could to take on the task and I called upon the powers within to stay determined to get the job done. And we did it. With the help of screwdrivers, chopsticks, and a flashlight, and a blow dryer, all the tools we could possibly need for such a simple task. Unscrewing every screw on the vacuum machine, we thought we would release the part we needed to reach into, but there was just no perfect angle to getting to the bend of that hose. And the clog was not easily exposed, and the unforgiving curved tube was not accepting of our straight, bendless weapons which we used to attack the clog. Finally, we managed to loosen and release a huge wad of dust and dirt particles, and we thought we were home free, only to find that in less than 15 seconds of trying out the machine on our carpet, that there was still a mass which needed to be set free. More weapons were found, and with flashlight in hand, we both dug at each end of the tube, pushing and pulling to and fro, taunting the black web that has kept the vacuum from performing at its optimum strength. Frustrations, and yes, a few naughty words, escaped our lips. But it all finally came to an end when the last of the mass was freed and our efforts were finally fruitful. Again, our vacuum was back on duty and able to pull fibers and dirt from our carpets and the dust bowl now swirls freely and you can see the collections of its task building up again. Here was a lesson learned, a reminder, not to forget to empty the dust catching receptacle after each and every use. 
It is my belief that when this is not emptied, it tends to backlog and jam the hose beyond passage where the hose bends. If we all could get the habit down, we could prevent this nightmare again. I would love to be able to clear the vacuum of my life more often. Things bring to mind the word procrastination, putting off doing what is needed. It seems to be the easy way, but then it brings trouble in the long run. I've had so many years of good cleaning, and I'm not as young and energetic for such tasks. How I would love to regain that drive and passion like I had in my youth. Yet I know that you don't have to be just a product of fate. You can choose to be a product of your actions. To live powerfully every day means to create daily. And so, to keep my own creative tubes unclogged, I will ask myself every day, did I learn something today? Did I live wisely today? Did I love well today? Isn't that fantastic? I mean, wow. <laughs> so, you know, just to just to repeat, journal writers who stay motivated and stay consistent in their writing reach a deeper level of growth, they reach a deeper level of enlightenment in their lives, and they accomplish goals. And it comes from investing in themselves, focusing on today, and learning what they can from every experience. Pull out your journals. We're going to have an exercise. I'd love to do this with everybody right now here on Journal Talk. Pull out your journal and write down, choose a goal that you would want to take on. It could be health. It could be in the area of money. It could be relationships could be your relationship with your co-workers. It could be a career goal, spiritual goal. It could be your relationship with God or the universe or your higher power. It could be a habit you want to develop, public speaking, anything. Write down at least one goal. Maybe you have a list of them. It's good if you get really specific. And I'm just going to rattle off some questions. Write these questions down and you can come back and do a journal entry about that goal. And this is step one, by the way. This is, well, actually, this is step two in the Getting Started, Staying Started workshop. We're going to do this together. But just to give you kind of a, an idea, a sneak peek, if you will, write down these questions. What support am I going to need to keep this goal alive? What support will I need to keep this goal alive? Who will I share this goal with? Who will I share this goal with? How will I check in with myself on progress towards this goal? How will I check in with myself on progress with this goal? You could just write those questions down now and you'll go back and fill out the answers later. What obstacles am I most likely to face? What obstacles am I most likely to face? And how will I handle them? What obstacles am I most likely to face and how will I handle them? How will I recognize when I'm getting off track? How will I recognize when I'm getting off track? And here's the last question. What habits do I need to cultivate now so I have something to support me when my enthusiasm fades. I'll say that again. 
what habits do I need to cultivate now so I have something to support me when my enthusiasm fades? These are all great questions to use to explore what really matters to you and how to stay on track. And they are just one part of my signature journaling course, Passion, Clarity, and Purpose, which I'll be leading in January. And that's the course that I've been leading for the past two years. That's the one where my mom wrote about her lesson of procrastination and how to keep her life from getting clogged up. It's a great course. It's coming up again in January. But in the meantime, I've put together a simple, fun journaling course called Get Started, Stay Started, and that's going to begin December the 2nd, coming right up. It lasts just three weeks, so it's like a jumper cable for your goals. And you may have heard experts say it takes just three weeks of consistent practice to cultivate a new habit. So this is the perfect opportunity to prepare for 2014. In this course, you'll have access to me and also to other participants for encouragement and support. You'll be journaling throughout the course using a step-by-step workbook filled with exercises, questions, and really great journaling prompts. And the workbook is available separately by itself at a cost of $19.97, but it comes free when you take the live course. And you'll be learning techniques for finding compelling journal prompts of your own and keeping your motivation about your goals and what's up for you, keeping up, keeping up the enthusiasm at a high level. Plus, you'll get access to sharing with a whole community of other journal writers who are all doing the same thing. And the inspiration that you get from other people and bouncing ideas and hearing them share their stories, it's even more fuel for your motivation. So the live course also includes three live journal coaching calls. That's one each week on Sunday nights. The group journaling calls are phenomenal value to help zoom in on specific tips and discussion. Plus, I throw some more fun exercises to keep things moving. And, you know, coaching calls like this are a great value in your personal growth. They usually sell for $200, but... They're included in the Get Started, Stay Started course package. So all of this is included for just the low price of $97. Everything, the workbook, the course calls, the three weeks, the the entire thing, $97. And there's a link on my website, writeforlife.us. That's www.w-r-i-t-e, the number four, life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S. You've probably heard it a thousand times. You can register right there for the course. It's $97. But, you know, because this is a brand new offer, and I really like working with people who are ready to make lasting change in their life, I'm going to say that the first 10 people to make this commitment to their new year will also receive 50% off my next course, Passion, Clarity, and Purpose, that starts in January. So that's my signature six-week course. It covers all the basics, helps you zoom in on what really matters. And, you know, I would love for the first 10 people who are in the Get Started, Stay Started course to just be able to roll right in to the new year on the right track. It's super, super fun to have, you know, people who have made this investment in themselves, you know, just start off the year with a bang. That is a hundred dollar value in itself, but I'm just including it in into the price of the of the one. If you've listened to this podcast up till now, you'll know that 
I really want you to have New Year's resolutions that mean something for you in 2014. I want you to enjoy the, the accomplishments you're making and to be able to look back the same time next year and see the amazing progress that you've made, the physical, financial, or spiritual goals that you've made and achieved. I want you to have that feeling of creating an upward spiral of success. Each and every year builds on the success that you made the year before. So let this be the moment that you focus on today. Let this be the moment you invest in yourself and begin learning from every experience so that you can make consistent results and exciting New Year's resolutions. I'm really excited to be working with you. I know working through each of these steps and restarting the habit, the timing is so perfect. Three weeks at the very end of the year, it's really going to bring in a powerful 2014 and beyond. You'll be able to create some New Year's resolutions that really count. So just to clarify, the offer for the first 10 people who are ready to invest in themselves right now is a three-week journal writing course, Get Started, Stay Started. It comes with an activity workbook, The Journal Writer's Guide to Staying Started. It has a weekly coaching call to keep you connected with a whole team of support, plus 50% off my next course starting in January. That is the Passion Clarity Purpose course for $197. It'll be 50% off that course. And it's a total package deal, one low price, just $97. The details are on my website, www.writeforlife.us. Thanks so much for listening to Journal Talk, episode 18. I'll talk to you again in another two weeks. Unless you contact me first, drop me a line for any reason. I'd be happy to chat more with you. Until then, keep on writing. Dip, dip.